0: Welcome to A Day of Prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me.
1: Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word.
2: Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Kayla, can you open us up in prayer?
3: Yes, I can. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and we thank you that you give us new knowledge and revelation each and every day, God, and that you sharpen our understanding that we can see you clearly, God, and understand what you're saying and teaching us, God, and that you make it where it's easy for us to grasp those concepts, God. We thank you for this time to gather together, God, and to teach and strengthen jesus. the family and our, the family of our listeners god that it's a time to gather together to enjoy that bond that you've put into place we thank you for our listeners and our partners god that you've kept them god and that you're teaching and equipping them to be strong in you god
0: mm-hmm.
3: and we just thank you for all these things in your name with jesus amen in jesus name,
0: amen, amen. to volunteer to read the entire chapter i will all right one, let's hear it
4: now concerning things offered to idols we know that we all have knowledge knowledge puffs up but love edifies mm-hmm. and if anyone thinks that he knows anything he knows nothing yet as he ought to know but if anyone loves god this is one this one is known by him sorry Therefore concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no other God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and the one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things are all things, and through whom we live. However, there was not in everyone that knowledge, for some with consciousness of of the idol, until now eat it as a thing offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. But food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak." For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when you thus sin against the brethren, the wound against the weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble.
0: Hmm. As is our custom, we're going to open the floor to each of you first, all right, to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, so that way we that all can learn and all can grow, and to ask any questions that you may have, all right? Yes. Okay. I would like to begin.
4: Um, I have a question, so when Paul was talking about um, eating meat and looking in my Bible, it says be sensitive to the conscience. Is he saying be aware of things that other people might consider a stumbling block? Like, um, say, for example, I don't think that wearing um, a certain article of clothing is wrong, but somebody else might, and to avoid causing offense to the other person, if I'm in their company, be aware of um, how they're thinking about it. Is that what he's getting at?
1: Yes, that's that's a that's a, a good assessment of, one level of what he's talking about. Absolutely. What else you got, sweetie pie?
4: I just had that question because I was, reading the part of where he was talking about meat. If he said that, if food causes his brother to stumble because he's eating meat, then he said he wouldn't eat it again because he didn't want. To cause his brother to stumble and therefore bring dishonor to what Christ has done, because he's supposed to be bringing them to the Lord and showing them how to get there, not causing them to fall and miss their footing.
1: Okay. Well, Charles. Thank Um, you, sweetheart.
5: Two things to what Paul is saying. Yes, like how you were saying, but he's also he addresses this in Romans fourteen. It's pretty much the first. Thirteen verses. He's, in these verses, he's pretty much talking about how you are able to do all these things in Christ. There's no set thing that you have to do, and you can't do anything else. And he describes how if somebody eats and they have a good conscience towards what they're eating, and they don't have to stop what they're eating. Like, if I eat a pig, I don't have to stop eating a pig. I may like it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And the same is true here, how he's saying that while they, when it makes a brother stumble is by putting a temptation in their path. Like we were at this Bible study, dad gave the example of somebody who had a drinking problem. If they have come to Christ and they have sworn off drinking and they don't drink anymore, you don't go in there holding a drink. Because it creates a desire that their natural mind and flesh will want that back. Because most flesh resists change. The same is true here. He was saying that if you go into somebody who has knowledge of that they're not supposed to be eating meat from i meats from idols, if they purposely go in there and eating the meats, people who do not have said knowledge think it's okay and they go do it themselves and how it causes others to stumble. The same is true here. While we may do it out of ignorance, it is you should be careful on what you do. Okay. Meaning that if you uh, physically watching as we are meaning that we should and the lord says okay you can go do it but if he says else, no don't somebody else
1: well not necessarily offend but he doesn't violate his own word um yes. so he doesn't want them to stumble and fall into sin but offending is a a word that can have multiple meanings so sometimes the very presence of someone who believes god offends someone else who is maybe angry with God or does not want to believe God. So clearly in that case, right? Yes. God says, be the light, be the fragrance, the aroma of life. For those who are coming to life, you are, you smell like life to them. But those who are on the path to death, we are the fragrance and the aroma of death to them. So be the light kind of sums that up of what you're saying. Be the light. Love edifies and builds up. It doesn't go, well, this is all about me. So you just deal with it, sir or ma'am. I yeah, I don't care what you've come through. I don't care what you've struggled with in the past. I'm free here. So, you know, just enjoy it and watch me do my thing. Love prefers others above ourselves. Right? Yes. yes. Kylie, did you have something you wanted to say, sweetie?
3: Oh, you kind of briefly touched on it. But what I gathered from this chapter was protecting the liberties that God gave, has already given the believer. And I believe if I'm correct that during this time when paul wrote this letter there was also a incident with peter where they were talking about being vastly molded to the law like moses's law and you can't eat certain meats or do certain things but right here paul is telling us you're free however don't stumble and your god's freedom never infringes on causes people to sin and that's something we see a lot in culture. Like, people want to be free, but they cause other people to sin and become stumbling blocks. Your freedom should not be as Americans. Okay, sweet uh, pie.
6: LaCharles, as I say sometimes in here, in regards to what we do. So, you were mentioning the things that we can do, right? Yes. And, um, and, and Kyla, you were just mentioning love and, um, Camisha, you were uh, mentioning edifying and building up. Mm -hmm. So there's also a component of this, I think, that we have to think about is that when others are doing things that we know they probably shouldn't be doing, um, it's just just allowing them to properly mature in Christ, and we have to watch how we approach them. right? If somebody, um, you know, as we all try to grow and mature, one of the goals I think we should strive for is to really be able to hear the Holy Spirit clearly in all things and do what christ did and that is say what the father is saying and do what the father is doing and join him in that and be really careful about how we um move forward in that so there have been times where um it's okay for me to listen to whatever music i want to listen to and there's times where um anything that's not just real worship music that's glorifying god god just tells me don't listen to it and so that's where i'm at right now i'm i'm Mm -hmm. I can only listen to that if I listen to anything and, or just nothing at all. A lot of times he's like, turn the radio off. I don't want you to listen to anything right now. Mm-hmm. I want you to, to hear my voice. So it's being obedient to that. So when there's others that may be listening to some music that we just know is, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you hear people that claim to be Christians and they're listening to music about shacking up and going out and partying and all the other stuff. You know, we know mm-hmm. that they probably aren't going to mature as quickly as they could by listening to that music. But unless the Holy Spirit's told us to say something, we're supposed to show our love. We're supposed to edify. We're supposed to build up. And we have to be very sensitive about how we do this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Akilah, you mentioned that this is a letter. And so it, it's almost like we're listening to somebody talk conversation. It's it's most likely that Paul was providing based off of some things that needed some attention in the church. So, Charles, you're absolutely correct. It applies in the same thing. It's. Mm-hmm. We can apply it across the board. A lot of times, if we look at how do we love and how do we serve, right? Jesus said to become the greatest, you serve, right? Mm-hmm. So, Kamisha, uh, you said that you're putting our needs aside, right? Edifying mm-hmm. and building up others. Mm-hmm. So, this has lots of implications.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then there's the other dynamic of setting a good example for others. So, if if I'm a mature believer and I'm amongst new believers. And because I've matured through certain um, things with Christ, and I understand that you can say this is a God, but I know (laughs) that's a piece of wood, (laughs) that's kindling, that's nothing. And so if someone sets before me meat, and I'm in their house, and I'm a guest, if there is a baby there, uh, and a, a youth in Christ who has not arrived and gone through the the levels of understanding that are available. And they watch me eating meat that I know they, you know, we just saw it come off the altar of Baal and I'm chowing down on it. Then they make some wonder and question, well, is Baal God? Is Baal right? Is that okay? Versus setting a solid place for them to stand on. Baal is nothing. It's a stick in the wind or, you know what I mean? Like it really... It is nothing, and that's what he's talking about um, in verses five and six. There's only but one God, and you can try to make something else into a god all you want. But if someone, like as they look up to us as people that have gone before him and before them and have achieved some kind of standing with Jesus Christ, and in our freedom and under our revelation with him, for the younger people coming up in Christ, seeing those kind of things from us create may not be processed. He brings us and scrub you up. Doesn't bother me you know, I can walk in love towards these people. They think they're doing me a favor. Like when Paul says, when you come into someone's house, eat what's set before you asking no questions for conscience sake. Right. So I can love you. Um, you know, person who may be from another country or culture serving me food without asking a whole, you know, a whole bunch of questions about things and walk in that love towards you. However, if there is a baby in Christ that's available and they're like, well, but that just came off the, Okay, so now we need to listen to the Holy Spirit and navigate that differently. So we're not violating the person in Christ's conscience, but we're also not walking in um, in a way that's unloving towards the person that is trying to share love with us. It's not always malicious, you know, people wanting to, um, so like the, the, peop- the people that might be serving the food, it's not always malicious. Like, oh, I'm going to let you eat this because it's going to defile you that's not always the case. If it is, Holy Spirit will tell you, you know, he'll make that very clear to you and you can make adjustments and carry yourself accordingly in that case. But if they were just trying to love you and invite you to dinner with them, then he can help you walk in love, but also still keep the one that is just beginning their journey in Christ and hopefully reap the whole bunch unto the Lord. If that makes sense. It
2: does. Okay.
1: Babe, you have something? There's a
0: lot actually. Okay. Okay. just about idols it is about our liberty that's given in Christ alright uh, what did Christ say all things are freedom right yes. yes okay so Paul also says that in multiple letters that he writes or epistles I, mean, I think we've even covered in yeah, right? it won't be under anyone's law the Lord has the authority the direct ab- changes everything so just because we have liberty he doesn't Say, "Oh, I can do whatever I want." In all things, he chooses to be led by the Holy Spirit, but he does address idols. Why?
1: That was commonplace of of the day. I mean, it, it still is. It's just less obvious.
0: Exactly. It, it's, I won't say It's not about carved images anymore because you still see that. And it's interesting because in Deuteronomy four, right, the Lord says and. Deuteronomy 4, verse 6, right? The Lord talks about himself first. And he says, Hear, O Israel, right? The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Right? And then talks about, he further goes into all the times and ways that you should be focused on the Lord and teaching your children about the Lord. But then when you get to verse 16, he says (laughs) this. He says, it's a warning, right? See, that you do not act corruptly And make an idol for yourselves of any form or shape, whether in the likeness of a male or female, of any beast, that's verse 17, that is on the earth or bird that flies in the air. right, and he continues, right? Don't make any form or shape, don't worship it. The ultimate ordeal is why? It's nothing. It's nothing. It's something made from man's hand, right? yes Yes. so then what power does it have
1: none none
0: how can it have any and actually even if you go uh, again in the old testament let's go to isaiah 41 42 Um, of course but isaiah and verses 21 through I'll say 3.24 is the big the takeaway. Can someone read that?
1: Read what part again, baby?
0: Uh, verses, Isaiah 41, verses 21 through
1: 24. I'll read it. Present your case, says the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasons, says the King of Jacob. Let them bring forth and show us what will happen. Let them show the former things that they were, what they were that we may consider them and know the latter end of them or declare to us things to come. Show the things that are to come hereafter that we may know that you are gods. Yes, do good or do evil, that we may be dismayed and see it together. Indeed, you are nothing and your work is nothing. He who chooses you is an abomination.
0: Mm-hmm. They have done nothing in the past. All right, so he's asking. Hey, show me, tell me. Let, let's let's see what works you've done up to this point, right? And then he goes to the other end of the spectrum and says, declare to me what works are going to happen from this time forward. All right, and it, it's almost this. well, I'll say it, it is mocking. And of course it's mocking. Why? Because there's no power in there. Mm-hmm. All right, how's that any different from, Elijah, right when he's there with the the prophets of Baal and Asherah, right? Yes. Oh, maybe your God is in the bath. Asleep. Maybe he's sleeping. (laughs) Right. Right. Right? Even though they claim that this, right? And that's what they were following. Forty-one and forty-two. First Isaiah forty-one. Of Isaiah forty-one.
3: I can read it. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth. And the coastlands shall wait for his law. Thus says the Lord let thus says God the Lord, excuse me, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, and spirit to those who walk on it. I the Lord have called you in righteousness, and will hold your hand, I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those whom sit who sit in darkness from the prison house i am the lord that is my name and my glory i will not give to another nor my praise to carve images behold the former things have come to pass and new things i declare before the spring forth, before they spring forth i tell you of them Um, you see God's abundant presence; that He's able to accomplish everything that He set out, and He's more than just a car. But He's into every His bonded thing.
0: Yeah. It even says the coastlings will wait for what? His justice. His justice and His, his, law. And his law. Okay. And what's what's His law? Is it just what's written here in this the, in the Bible? No. No, no. no. What else is it?
1: His spoken word.
0: His spoken word to you, to each of us individually, Mm -hmm. It is also that.
1: So, if I can just make an example real quick, Dean, just described an example of his spoken law to Dean about the music. That's an example of that. God told Dean, "This is how you handle music from here on. If if I gave permission, enjoy yourself. If I did not, then don't engage." And I will let you know on each case, which is which. And that's an honorable place to be. But that's not what God has said to me at this moment per se, or maybe even to anybody else. That's what God is saying to Dean. And it's just as binding and applicable as what's written here in this book. Because if to Dean to violate that before the Lord, that's sin to Dean. That's sin in Dean's life. And then he will have to answer to his heavenly father according to that. Because God will say, what did I say to you, son? And well they don't do it'll we'll not cut the mustard <laughs> any any parrot will don't, can tell you that, but you know anybody who' spent time with the Lord can tell you that as well. He wants to you to answer for what he told you. so we are accountable to the written word and also equally to what he tells us to do. Thank you, honey. Well,
6: thank you. Well, just I want just one quick and we need to be very careful to remember to seek counsel with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm and follow it up in the word. Mm-hmm. That's how we always confirm that. So we mm-hmm. can't get, it's um it's a slippery slope when I say government, obviously, and him telling me, Dean, but we also need to remember when he's well too, often don't realize how much we've been influenced by the world mm-hmm. and there's things that we need to unlearn. Mm-hmm. So we have unnatural appetites mm-hmm. that have been taught to us that are contrary to God's word. Mm-hmm. So God is not putting up uh, prohibitions for us and restrictions for us. What he's actually doing is he's even us the pathway to life and true fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes us a while to come into agreement with him because we don't realize the lies and the falsehoods that we've been subject to. Mm-hmm. So we should never look at it as these things are being limitations that are giving to us. God is forbidding me to do this thing. God is stopping me from doing what I want. No, God is giving us guidance to live the fullness of life and helping us see the things that are really taking us away from that that we didn't realize before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for that, <coughs> So there's no opportunity for the enemy to step in with any confusion, all right? So, uh, can we turn with me to Revelation? I'm look
6: at first fourteen specifically. Revelation two fourteen.
2: against you because you have done those who have hold a doctrine of, who hold the doctrine of Balaam before Balaam. Balaam, the children of Israel to eat oh sorry, into mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. morality mm-hmm.
0: right because it's me here, sacrifice to idols mm-hmm. and he's saying ultimately there's there's nothing there, there's no power right? Mm-hmm. but he's also cautioning us just because there's no power and we don't believe in it right? we are free to eat the food however he's saying don't eat it just because there may be somebody watching you that knows that that food has been sacrificed to idols Mm -hmm. which would be a stumbling block to them Mm
2: -hmm.
0: right yes So, why then is that verse in revelation because on the surface it it can sound contradictory right it sounds like he's saying well no you're still eating the food that's sacrificed to idols and that this church is, is being judged or reprimanded, rebuked for. So can you explain that?
3: Um, do you mean why the Lord would say that in Revelations? Church. Yes. Um, I think it has to go with their intentions and their motives behind consuming it. Not that eating the meat in and of itself was wrong, but that they're intentions and the reason why they were eating it was wrong and that they took it out of a place of just consuming food to continue to live versus now they're turning it into something well they were worshiping this carved image
0: exactly they it was the object of their worship right it said very plainly there that they were serving Balaam. and then if you continue the next verse don't read All right, so we're not discussing that part, but it says they held the teachings of the Nicolaitans, which dealt with sexual immorality. And so, Kylie, and it had to do with, and that's an accident, Acts, Acts 10 verse nine is where it begins. In that vision, he's seeing these animals that-
1: And because it was a part of the law, put that on his own set law of Moses.
0: Exactly. So we're not knocking that, right? But in that vision, a voice comes and says, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And then Peter, in the dream, in the vision, excuse me, is saying, No, no, I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And then the voice comes and corrects him and says, On the second time the voice came, it said, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. So again, it brings us right back here, full circle to what did the Lord say to you? And then will you do it? And we see in Acts 10 with Peter. Purposed in his heart to be obedient to the Lord and he (coughs) followed through with what the Lord was asking him to do the Lord had cleansed him right yes okay so so Peter was free to eat it as as we all are right yes and we saw the results of that and the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles the same way it fell on the apostles and, and the 120 people in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So there's that. But then the second thing that you brought up just now, Carla, was the object of worship for Christians and believers, especially when it comes to, to meal times. how can you tell us apart from everybody else?
3: Because Christians and believers say prayer over their food.
0: Okay. What's happening in Revelation?
3: uh, they sacrificed it.
0: Does the first and grace come That is the issue. It's putting me, putting something, a graven image an idol, even the thought of one in your mind before the Lord. Let me, um,
6: please brother. do as our friend Tom does a lot of times in our, our thirsty Bible study. <laughs> um, because I, I, I think it's important to bring it in and, and, um, I'm okay if you say, hey, Dean, we, get, we, we need to move on from that. So okay. it, it may not be the, the right time, but I, I, at some point it needs to be addressed. So um, if we're not to have idols and images, then let's talk about Michelangelo and the Statue of David. And let's talk another step. What about an image of a cross? What can you speak to about that?
0: So these are great points. Right? If we look at the Statue of David, right, and we look at the culture and all those things. Especially for that time period. Clearly there was a lot of sexual immorality going on. Right? That was that was commonplace. I'm not saying it isn't today. Or we have to check ourselves. Right? (laughs) I mean that's that's just the reality of things. You know, in the state, there's nothing new under the sun. So, I mean, the Word says that. So if it was going on then, or if it's going on today, it was going on then, might have been called something, it might have looked slightly different, but at the core, at its core, it was the exact same. All right? Um, so there's that. But also, there have been other discoveries around, I'll say, the same, similar time period. There's one on the Isle of Patmos that was discovered, and there was a painting, and the painting was called, right? And it was this. to do more research, but in it there was people in those images. Apostle John was after they tried to kill him multiple times and unsuccessfully, including boiled him in oil and all the rest of it, right? But, but beside the point, the people in those images were fully clothed. So, the fact that all these things people right and these paintings and portraits have, I'll say naked people and cherubim or, or what they call cherubs right and whatnot in there how are they displayed and it shows what's on the inside of the person painting now, I'm not saying that they couldn't come have come to Christ Right? between them and the Lord right they couldn't have been working on some things with them but that's that is an issue right and and the cross um, I'm glad you bring this up. Because the cross is is clearly a symbol. And is a representation of a reminder, if you will, of the atoning work of Christ. That without his work on the cross, his redemptive work on the cross, we could not have salvation. Right? But again, what is the object that you are worshiping? Is it Christ, who is God, was and is, or is and was and is? Or is it the cross? Because the cross of itself was just a tree. It, it had no power in it to do anything. It was just a, a, what our Lord was, was hung from, nailed to.
1: Mm-hmm. And there were many people who were crucified on a cross before and after him, as yeah. a, and two alongside him that were on a cross as well.
0: So the cross isn't, isn't the thing that we should be worshiping. And I know that's, that's going to sound harsh for a minute. And Because there are many that, why the cross? It's fatal, if you will. So yes, the Old Testament, the serpent, called a piece of brass. The prophet called it nasty, which translates to piece of brass. In other words, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was, it was, the Lord told them to make it in the form of a serpent. If they looked up at this serpent after they were bitten by these poisonous snakes, they would be made well instantly.
1: So God told them to use it at one point, not exactly. to worship it. But the began
6: to worship and not even necessarily to keep it.
1: That's right. And we it still had
6: use and purpose for a time only
1: that God said the limits were what he said. And that was to be done with it. And today, if you look at any medical symbol, it's got the serpent on it. Exactly. Elevated up on a stick. Mm-hmm. Literally every medical uh, patchwork in America that you look at, that's that serpent thing is still there.
0: Can't use medicine. I'm not saying that at all, right? What I'm saying is we have to search our hearts and know what we are worshiping, and it should be the Lord. The Lord should be front and center in our lives, not the things that He tells us to to do or to use in that moment.
1: I'll I'll share a testimony with you on a kind of in line with what you're talking about. I went through a phase. Um, I I when I When I took my previous husband for myself, it led me to a very sad time. And in my mind, I had started to equate um, Christmas with the the time that maybe I could find some happiness. And so I would go to Hobby Lobby and walk around and look at their Christmas trees and little glowing Christmas trees and effort into them. And one day got... you hack them apart and you put them in the trash. I said, oh, but why? You really didn't transfer your emotion to those trees, to Christmas, This this setup. You transferred your look for relief from trouble, your peace, to this event, the season and those trees. Oh, I had Christmas lights. I had built a collection and I didn't have a lot of money at the time. So I would go on when it, the end of the season and on sale and get it so I could have it for the next one. And it became this whole God to me. In my mind, I wasn't going, I'm going to bow down mm, 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 to the tree. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't doing that. Consciously in my mind, I never made that declaration. I still prayed to God every day. I still spoke to him. I still read my Bible. I still went to church. I still did all of those things. But yet I had set up another God in my heart without even intentionally recognizing it. And when he said that to me, it hurt my feelings so much. He wasn't upset with me, but he was still like, hey, you've got an idol. Whether it was intentional or not, I still had an idol in my life being a believer. And I, I wasn't a brand new baby believer. I mean, I'd been in the Lord and like seeking him for some time. And because I was so unhappy with what I had chosen for myself, just a little bit over time, over time, over time, I set up this thing and worshiped it. And then when he corrected me, the people that were, I'm, I'm, I, my kids, the older ones, you remember, you saw me hacking it up I in did. pieces Breaking it apart, throwing it in the trash. And as I did that, out of obedience to what God said, I released that connection that I had made within myself to begin to worship these things. Oh, this is what's going to make me happy. That the trees never taught me of anything. I do that. And another point to what Dean was talking oh, about. Oh,
0: right back oh, to Isaiah 42, right? Where the Lord says, my glory, I will not share with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is also the reason he's like, hey, you have to get rid of this.
1: Yeah, he did. And it was, it was a couple of years before he said I would, I was able to celebrate Christmas again. And in that I thought, okay, Christmas is bad. And, you know, he took me through scripture where it talked about the palm trees. Don't bow down to them. You know, it's wood. And he took me through the scriptures that said that I had read them before, but never made a connection that I was doing it. But then I thought, well, Christmas is bad. Kind of want to take my little pointy finger. I have some knowledge. Let me let me tell you something. Should you be celebrating Christmas? Well, they didn't have, they were worshiping an idol in Christmas like I was. So God said that to me. That wasn't for me to put onto anybody else. That was my guidance that God, God gave me that guidance from the Lord. That was my instruction from the Holy Spirit. And so I even had a friend who said, I hear you talking about this girl. And let me tell you something. God didn't tell me that. So she stood in her liberty. And it also helped me to understand, okay, wait, when God speaks to me, a commandment like that, that's for me. And I should carry that out in all diligence. And God will deal with his people as he sees fit because Christmas is neither here nor there, right? We like to celebrate that as the birth of Jesus Christ, but did he ask us to worship his birth? Okay. So celebrate it, be free, love God, but that's not what he's hanging his hat on it's your heart towards him so anyway over time after I made that understanding I don't a Christmas tree is nothing to me but before I was like oh, but today me that he
6: and that's kind of where I was going with the David was unclothed I was here for mm-hmm. About mm-hmm. those things, um, for me, I just prefer not to have those things in my house to begin with. So mm-hmm. I have no statues. I don't have a whole lot of images. I don't have a whole lot of pictures up on mm-hmm. my walls and stuff. Um, <laughs> not, mainly because they're they're, they're easy to um, become intrigued with, and mm-hmm. we don't. For me, again, I'm not I'm not telling you don't don't do it, but mm-hmm. just for me, I, I I can I don't need to see an image of what God has created when I can look at what God has created amen so I don't, I don't need to have a um, my, my mother uh, you know she's she's done the snow baby she did owls before that mm-hmm. and she has some owls I, I gave her given her a couple but she would just you know she hold these in a steam mm-hmm. and it's a carved image or it's a cast image mm-hmm. of an owl which I don't think is either evil or whatever right. but why when you can enjoy the, the natural the real image mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. God has created in its fullness, and go and experience it in in nature, in the habitat that He created it to be in, right, mm-hmm. and, and be in tune with Him mm-hmm. in that. So, um, the 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 danger is always that any of these things are always there. We always need to make sure that we kind of keep that in check. Are we always mm-hmm. doing an inventory? What mm-hmm. has crept in mm-hmm. that may have been okay? That's not right. I mm-hmm. mean. Food is one of my challenges. I have to watch out for you. We need food, (laughs) too. But, you know, I can also run to food when I've had a bad day. And I'm going to have a Mm -hmm. big old hamburger on my way home. I've had a bad day. I deserve to have my hamburger. Well, I I don't don't need to have a hamburger. You know, it's like, no, I need something a little more nutritious and something that's going to feed me better because I did have a bad day. I need to restore Mm -hmm. my body Mm -hmm. with some good fuel, not with a crappy... Fast food hamburger that has no nutritional value. you know?
1: Right, right, and you need to cast your cares on j- ever
6: and not look for the food industry to, r- to make me feel good. <laughs> like, that's a big part of what we be in community with others. Not supposed to be doing it alone. We're not there for today. We're going
0: to continue again in chapter eight tomorrow. Okay. Um, at least that's how I'm being led. Right okay. Now. Um, because there's a lot more to discuss, mm-hmm. and I say it in more detail. Right. Yeah. I'll just minister to you and, and also to answer any questions that you have. All right, let's have a discussion. Let's let's connect and mm-hmm. and, and grow in Christ together. So, uh, with that, could I get a volunteer to close out in prayer?
2: I will. All right, I promise. Well, just thank you for today and just coming to have our midst yes, and just providing for us and showing us what's wrong and what's right and Telling us specific things so that we don't end up stumbling mm-hmm. or causing other people to stumble. In the name of Jesus, amen.
1: In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
0: We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer.